Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared. Welcome back to Steven Destroy, the podcast where we watch every Steven Seagal movie so you don't have to. My name is James. And I am Dylan. And this week we're talking Driven to Kill, 2009, mm-hmm. directed by uh, JFK himself, Jeff F. King. From, Man uh, Myth. Yeah, from Kill Switch. Fan. Yeah, my favorite. Fan favorite. Uh, a- a- artist... <laughs> favorite are we are we artists what do you what do you what do you like uh you know call uh i don't want to say the p word (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah you know what i think that what we do here is uh an art form yeah well you know you make you make music they're the artist so the person who makes the podcast (laughs) yeah the person that makes the 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 podcast uh what do you call him you call him uh, I don't know, man. I because why is is why why are we not just calling him the podcaster? I just, it, I just can't bring myself to call myself that. Yeah, it doesn't feel like what we do is is allowed to be in the same region as people who like enjoy making podcasts and are like really into it. <laughs> we're doing something else. Yeah, we're, well, we're like we're like documentarians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's a better. We're documenting a. Um, we're scientists. In ex- experience. Yeah, we're scientists. Well, so this came out in May, ni- May 19th, 2009. Uh, a mere, I don't know, what, three months earlier in February was uh, Against the Dark. It's uh, a kind of a, a thicker month for Steve, a thicker year for Steven. Yep. Uh, four movies in 2009 that we're working through. A real girthy. 2009 from steven yeah um well how you how you doing how, how are you feeling you ready to to tee some ass talk some steve uh, let me tell you brother um i ate a bunch of indian food before we started this podcast today hell yeah i'm like sweating and like hell yeah and dizzy right now <laughs> like was it spicy this. yeah i was i was pathetic i was i was like my nose was running. Uh, I was I was sweaty and spicy. I had to drink a bunch of limeade uh, to get through it. And, okay, uh, not what you're yeah. supposed to drink. No, to, actually, to alleviate spice. Actually, no limeade. Very good for it. Um, I don't know if you've ever. <laughs> there's a good episode of Hot Ones where Gordon Ramsay is on it, where he just brings like lime and lemon juice and just squirts them into his mouth because they actually are pretty good for spice. I know milk oh. is like the king, but but. Uh, Milk but is king. Milk is king, no matter what we're talking about. Welcome back to Steven Destroy, where milk is king. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I didn't know this until tonight. My roommate was like, "Drink some limeade; it will help you." You know, like if you're fucking with me, I'm gonna be very upset. But the limeade <laughs> is actually very soothing and, and helped out quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I'll keep that in mind. I uh, scarfed down some frozen mahi mahi burgers moments before recording. Yeah. Uh, quite literally moments before (laughs) so uh 
Yeah, I think that this is good. I think that it's good that we're both um, well fed. Yep, you got heavy, heavy leaden stomachs yeah. to weigh us down and, and pull away, all, zap all of our energy. Yeah, just before talking about a movie that is ten times more effective than any meal that we could have had in zapping us of all of our energy. It's driven to kill, baby. Yeah, it's driven to kill. I asked you before recording how you would feel about me getting absolutely hammered for this episode. Yeah, I thought it was dangerous. I thought this that this movie, if it was doing to you what it did to me, that I didn't think drinking would be a good idea. I think that it would be it would make us in an emotionally vulnerable position that we don't need to be on in this podcast. Well, Dylan, I got some bad news for you. What's that? Because I'm cracking one. Oh, cracking over no beer. Oh, there it is. Got that nice and crisp. Absolutely uh, decimated my levels. <laughs> yeah. The folks Anybody? at home will love it. <laughs> the folks at home will love it. <laughs> Trying to fall asleep to our podcast, the one thing it's good for, <laughs> only to have their ears shattered by uh, the crisp cracking open of a cold one. Yeah, man. I think that like only in the most technical sense of the word did I watch Drive to or Driven to Kill. Drive this, to Kill. Drive to Kill. Driven to Kill. Um I don't think even that like Driven to Kill is like that much worse than anything else that we've seen. It's just like it was so difficult for me to I... try to tackle Driven to Kill today. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kinda why I was like, I'm just gonna get fucked up this week. <laughs> because uh I don't know really what else we can do at this point i will say i think driven to kill is the best movie we have watched in about a month probably Um, yeah yeah because i'm just gonna read you off the last three movies we watched Uh uh-huh uh last week against the dark uh you remember against the dark that's the 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 vampire zombies i do remember the vampire zombies and then uh, of course our first run-in with mr king kill switch right um, before <laughs> not sure i remember what happened in kill switch kill switch was very nasty um oh yeah Steven i do remember kill curb switch. stops that guy yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i remember kill switch fuck kill switch yeah um and then before kill switch the onion movie well i certainly remember the onion movie mm-hmm. <clears throat> and before that pistol whipped um not really I don't know. I don't feel like exerting the energy needed to determine if I like pistol whipped or driven to kill more, but it's uh, pretty black and white for me about with those other three. Yes. Um, it definitely feels like kill switch, but it isn't as gross both mm-hmm. on screen and just like in its fibers. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. It, Pistol Whip's that weird gambling one. Yeah, Pistol Whip's the gambling one that I kind of barely remember. But yeah. also, I think it had some some good moments. I think we got some good bits out of it. Um, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to, uh, just off the bat, sorry to spoil the episode, but I think I'm going to take Pistol Whipped over Driven to Kill. It's. I feel like it's kind of either it one for matter. me. Yeah, kind of interchangeable. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but they're all they're all the same. I know last week I said Against the Dark was what we were going to be seeing every week. These movies where Steven is, you know, first build to attract the stepdads at the Red Box, but then he never shows up. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess, luckily, that's not the case this week. Yeah. It, it's an incredibly sad state of affairs that we are in. <laughs> but I remember, uh, I remember one thing we mentioned last week with how fucking awful that uh, uh, last week's movie was. That we were like, I kind of miss Steven. Yep. Like, there was a certain nostalgia for just watching Steven uh, be bad in a movie. And uh, I did not write very many notes for this movie. But some point at about midway through the film, I wrote, I do not miss Steven anymore. And I stopped taking notes for the last probably 45 minutes of the movie. Um, so speaking of sad state of affairs, that's, that's where I'm at this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a, a grass is always greener thing. You know, Definitely. it's like there's, there's always a better movie out there. And, um, I will say that driven to kill, I think has some good bones. Um, you know, it's got like the skeleton of a good mm-hmm. movie. Sure. I'm going to kind of run through the plot real quick. Yeah. Um, Steven is a former, uh, he was a Russian mobster, and his daughter is getting married to the son of a colleague, a former colleague, question mark? Yeah, I read that they uh, were former enemies. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. But there's not, like, a lot of tension. I mean, there's some tension between them, but it's not, like, a necessarily antagonistic relationship until, like, halfway through. Yeah. But that's just driven to kill being incredibly vague. Yeah. Uh, he, his daughter and ex-wife are murdered. Or no, the daughter isn't actually murdered, but they try and kill her. Right. And him and the person who is supposed to be his son-in-law, this other mobster's son, decide they're going to they're gonna get revenge. Well, really, Stephen just sort of decides for the son-in-law to be that he's going to get revenge with Steven and they go out to uh they're driven to kill they are were. yeah and uh it turns out that the mobster whose son was marrying Steven's daughter set the whole thing up to try and force his son to be driven to kill so he would i guess come into his own and follow in his father's footsteps uh it's not a great plan <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it doesn't really add up to me that he's gonna like traumatize his son into becoming a, a, a mobster, but that's like that's like, like it. That's the the plot of the movie. There's uh something. It's it's like interesting on paper, I guess. Yeah. Like, like with that twist, and uh, if there was any, if there were any good performances in the movie. Yeah, it might one. like even one it might be good you know like a better movie would have had that father son thing like where where this man has his son's fiance and a mother-in-law murdered so his son can follow in his footsteps they would like delve into that you know at all like yeah. at all um yeah. and that could be interesting steven being this uh enigmatic he's a he's like a crime writer yeah, he's an author. He's an author, which is an incredibly weird element that's thrown in here. It, uh, he he writes like shitty, like act like detective novels. I guess I don't know. 
like Jack we, Reacher. We, we don't we don't know that they're shitty, you know. But no, we, we do. We, there's a we scene. Can assume. There's a scene where a woman reads a passage from them, and it. I was uh, doing the jerk off hand motion the whole time. Ah, wonderful. It uh, it sucks. Yeah. Do you? I mean, do you want to? You want to go through it? You want to talk driven to kill? I. It's certainly got more things that happen in it than against the dark. Yeah. Uh. We, uh yeah. We can. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. We can talk about it. Uh, <laughs> there's. Yeah. Let's just. Let's just. We'll just do it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you okay? The idea of food. The idea of food getting to you. No, nah, this time it's for Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Stephen. I'm. <laughs> what what are we gonna do? I um I did have the thought today that I don't think has occurred to me yet, and uh, mm-hmm. eagle-eared listeners can uh, email us at stevendestroypodcast at gmail dot com if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've I've realized this before. If I I think the really the only way that I could get out of doing this show is if I killed you. If you killed me? Yes. I suppose that goes either way. That is no, it it does. I mean, it, it goes either way that I would get out of doing the show. Well, but... no, I mean, I I could get out of the show if I killed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or would we have to bring in replacements? Hmm. Well, you'd have to like recruit somebody. I guess we uh, whatever. I <laughs> we don't have like because like who in their right mind would just willingly <laughs> do this podcast? Yeah, who in their right <laughs> minds would decide they're gonna watch every Steven Seagal movie? I it's yeah. No, because like I like fully accepted when we started it that like we might be like two of the only people ever that would agree to do this under our circumstances. Our circumstances being we know we aren't going to like any of the movies. Mm. Besides like we you know we had a little hope for a few of the early ones. <laughs> yeah. But like past that we knew like direct to DVD is coming around. <sighs> we knew it was going to get rough, right? And so like that's something especially as we progressed. I was like there there really can only be but a a few people out there that would ever attempt to do what we're doing. I have been very curious to see what other Steven Seagal podcasts might be out there. Yeah. I would uh, hate to drive listeners to our competition. Of course. Um, and I also just don't, I don't know. I just don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to know. Cause it, it makes it even worse if we're like the 15th <laughs> Steven Seagal podcast. I really hope we're not. It makes it so much worse. But I'm curious to to know because I want to know how far they got. Like if every, yeah. you know, how many got started and how far they got if they didn't finish. And uh, not to like toot, not to toot any horns, but if we would be like the first to finish. I can't imagine we're the first Steven Seagal podcast. I really can't. No, we 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 definitely aren't. Well, well, well. Well, here here's one for you. Are right, are you looking it up? I looked one up. Mm. I found this one here. Um, this one is called On Seagal: Colon A Steven Seagal Podcast. Their first episode was November fourth, two thousand and twenty. Oh my God! What? <laughs> yeah. Well, just keep listening. Jesus their first, Christ! <laughs> their first episode was forty eight minutes. 
Mm-mm. And it was just <laughs> called On the Subject of Seagal. So they just talk Stephen. Okay. And then on December 23rd, almost two months later, they uploaded their second episode on Above the Law. So if their plan is to get through every Steven movie, it's going to take them like five years to do it at their current. Have they, have they released a third episode? No, just those two. Okay. So so it's February and, uh, the, uh, that other one hasn't come out yet. Now we have, uh, I forget the name of his second movie. Um, hard to kill. Oh, Lord have mercy. Hard to kill. Lord have mercy. Now this, the Seagal sessions. Oh God. This is this. They're doing every episode of True Justice. Uh, I I don't. Uh. They've done Machete, Attrition, Pistol Whipped, Kill Switch, Cartels, Contract to Kill, Above the Law. They're not going in order. It doesn't look like. Interesting. Um, here's Beyond, Beyond the Law, Fire Down Below, Born to Raise Hell, On Deadly Ground, and this is like episode thirty nine is On Deadly Ground, and episode forty is Born to Raise Hell. Hmm. Um, so they're going in a completely nonsensical order, but they are going through on a weekly basis. Every Steven Seagal movie, they started with belly of the beast. Nightmarish. I think I like that approach and I'm, I'm jealous that we didn't think of that because there's something very interesting about the idea of just doing some sort of maniacal random shuffle. Steven Seagal watch. <laughs> Because that's what it seems like. It's like episode one, Belly of the Beast, two, Code of Honor, three, Submerged, four, The Patriot, you know, so on and so forth. Hmm. Um, yeah, and and they uh, they certainly don't give away in their in their descriptions whether or not they like the movies. Uh, they just say your weekly podcast exploring the vast and often confusing catalog of actor, producer, screenwriter, musician, and martial arts expert. Oh, they call him a martial arts expert. That means they might like it. Do they use <laughs> quotes? Do they have expert in quotes? No, 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 no. Hmm. Uh, there is a podcast from three years ago, from 2018, called Beyond. Uh, no, Behind the Bastards. Okay. Um, and uh, this one's just called Part Two. Steven Seagal is so much worse than you, and I have to assume think than you'd ever adma- imagine. Um, Beyond the Bastards is such a good, such a good name for a podcast. It's such a it good really idea is. for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's you know that's just a quick little sneak preview into uh, what's going on out there. Uh, this one's called Ponytails, a Steven Seagal podcast. Uh, is Tails one... spelled T A L E S? Yeah. So okay. I will say they made it to marked for death. Oh, <laughs> so. that makes me feel good. I like that. Yeah. I like that one. That's my favorite one. Ponytails. <laughs> so up to this point, there is one, the Seagal Sessions, which is absolutely fucking massacring us. Um, they have done 60 episodes and might be done at this point. Uh, they're, they've done, they're up to a point where they've rebroadcast their Attack Force episode. Huh. Um, so, and they have, they have apparently, it would appear, done all the True Justice episodes as well. Um, so they have kind of wiped the floor up with us, but we're, you know, we've still got a little ways to go. Well, just because they've, uh, recorded all those apps, we don't know if they're better than us. That's true. They probably aren't. <laughs> they probably aren't. I don't think they have an episode where they just, uh, read every person that's won an iHeartRadio podcast award from Wikipedia. Uh, they probably don't even have an episode where they list all the things that are in their mini fridge. Yeah. 
or uh, an episode about Hubie Halloween. Yeah. All things um, that you get. Or Sandy Wexler. Or Sandy Wexler. All things you get when you turn in, tune in, or turn in. No, yeah. that's turn on. Or turn well, on. Turn on. Well, I mean, that's Squirtcast. I, that's Squirtcast. I was really hoping we would be able to get through this episode without talking about the Squirtcast. <laughs> hey, look, man. Once you open that can of worms, you I can't know. close it. I was, I was really hoping. I realized in hindsight we didn't even, uh, like... <laughs> we didn't even like uh do our like uh tags or whatever you'd call it for like yeah. tfs or the patreon or anything last week <laughs> yeah last uh, week was a disaster last week we, was a real mess if you listened last week we're sorry yeah well if you listened last week you almost guaranteed are not tuning in again this week <laughs> yeah. that's true um hey you know what while we're at it while we're talking i'm just mm-hmm. gonna say I just rubbed my eyes uh, after eating all that Indian food, so we're just gonna keep a we're just gonna keep a watch on that and see if uh, hopefully my eyes don't start. Uh, you don't go blind. Yeah, I don't go blind or that, start crying. Now that would be good audio, good radio. Yeah. If uh, we got real live footage of you slowly realizing you'd blinded yourself with uh, curry hands. Yeah, my curry hands have blinded me for life. Uh, so what what'd you get? Oh, what did I get? Yeah, you get, um, you get a masala. I did not get a masala. Um, you get sorry. lamb. You get you get a you get a vindaloo. Uh, it wasn't a vindaloo. I forget the fucking I forget the name of it because uh, I was just like reading the ingredients and like whichever one looked good to me. There's only like um, three Indian dishes I know the name of. Generally, I just yeah. go with the masala. Uh, yeah, it, I think it masala. started with I think it started with an M, but it wasn't masala because I I, would, I definitely would have known if it was a like a tikka masala or something. Um, but you know it was like a a curry sauce type of thing, and it uh, it was rip roaring hot, man. And and so me and my roommate ordered it together, and they give you like a big big huge like box of rice instead of your own individual rices. So like you kind of you kind of have to eyeball it on like who's who who gets to claim which parts of the rice, you know, but. Uh, it was very, very good. Um, I, I, I love Indian food. I don't get it. I don't do it all the time because it's like it's like a full experience, man. You it's get so sweaty. heavy. Oh, it's so heavy. I don't really yeah, well, get yeah. that sweaty. I don't. <laughs> I well, I just don't typically sweat when I eat, but like when I eat Indian food, I typically do. I don't think most people typically sweat when they eat. <laughs> I guess that's fair, but you know, it's just because it's. it's like, I'm, a, it's I'm a I'm a sweaty eater. You know? <laughs> Well, it's just really spicy, is what I mean. No, I, uh, I know. I am. I, I can handle spice, but I still. I try and. Uh, I try and stay away from it a little. Yeah. Um, you know. I, the, I. It depends. I guess. I can handle some real. Some real spice. I can definitely handle a kick. But. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a. Uh, what. Uh, what I like to call a leisure eater. You know. Mm-hmm. Sure. I like to have a nice relaxed meal, and if uh, it's real spicy. It doesn't yeah. really uh, help me uh, relax, you know? I think that, like, really spicy food is, like, a, a cheat code for, like, drinking a lot of water. Like, if, if you feel like you're not drinking enough water, I feel like ordering yourself really spicy food is, like, good good motivation to do so. Or uh, getting a big handful of salt. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll work as well. Um, but, you know, I was kind of realizing as I was eating it, and this is something that's happened to me as I've been ordering, uh, like, poke bowls as well. Is it like there are definitely like, like varying like cultures of food that like I can like handle the spice for a lot better than others. 
Like yes. I've gotten a, I've gotten a lot better with like wasabi, but for a while like wasabi would like kick the shit out of me. And I think that like because I don't get Indian food very often, like when I get spice because I got like medium spice. Like I did I did not order like the very spicy stuff. Yeah. And it it still just kicked the shit out of me. Yeah. There's a Thai place near me where I will I've ordered from them and I think I've gone like medium and then I get the food and it's so spicy I like can't taste anything <laughs> and I am like sweating. I'm not I'm not really a sweater when I eat spice. I'm a crier though. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just I, weeping. I, I like sniffle a lot. I'm a big sniffle. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just weeping into my drunken noodles. And so I ordered from them again. I was like, well, fuck, I can't handle the, the medium spice. I guess I got to go easy spice. And then... Uh... Yeah, I would... Uh... <laughs> I don't know how to, how to get back in. Yeah. Um... Dylan fucked us all up. Yeah, my apologies. My apologies to the listeners back home. <laughs> we had a uh, we had a technical issue. Yeah, <laughs> but we're we're back into it. Yeah, uh, we actually had to cut out twenty five minutes <laughs> of uh, <laughs> spicy food talk. <laughs> yeah, this went on for a long time. This was coming out to be our longest episode ever. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, where like we a four hour podcast. Yeah, our four-hour episode where we just talk about spicy food. Um, but uh, all I was going to say, just to sum up my extremely long diatribe, yeah. um, I, uh, w- I reordered from the Thai place knowing that I had uh, could barely handle the medium, so I went with a lower level of spice, and they give it to me, and it's just as spicy. Damn. I think they're I think they're ignoring the spice level requests and just making it as spicy as hell. Yeah, they just like they, they they know that you got the spicier one the first time and that you're trying to downgrade and they they want to like work you up to it. They're like, no, you can't quit. You've got to you've got to learn how to handle the spice. Yeah, they, there's no cowards in Bangkok, Thai, Vienna. Absolutely not. Um told you one time i was getting my hair cut and they gave me it's like some some like really spicy hot sauce and i started like hiccuping in the in the chair <laughs> that is an absolutely fucking insane <laughs> sentence that i believe i and our one listener uh both assumed we misheard <laughs> no so okay this is pre-covid of course um uh but yeah i was like i was getting my hair cut here in here in boston and uh they were like, "Hey, buddy, you like you like hot sauce?" And I was like, "Yeah, I like hot sauce." He's like, "You want to try some hot sauce?" And I was like, "Sure thing." And uh, so they bring me some hot sauce, and they like, they just like, just take a little, just take a little dab, and like, <laughs> it sounds like a drug story or something. They like, <laughs> just like take a, take a little dab, and like one of the other barbers like down the line is like, "Don't fuck you, give it to him, buddy." And <laughs> and I was. <laughs> I was like, no, I'll, I'll try it. I'll have a little bit, of, have a little bit of hot sauce, and I try it. You don't want to look lame in front of your barber. Dude. I don't want to look lame in front of my barber. If you didn't eat that hot sauce, he's gonna give you a bowl cut. <laughs> and so I he's say this is the cut for a little boy who doesn't eat hot sauce. Yeah, and so I try out my my hot sauce, and uh, I'm just like, yes, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. It's pretty tasty. They're like, yeah, do you like it? I'm like, yeah, I like it. And like the other like barbers down the line are like, I cannot believe you just gave that to him. <laughs> And, and so I start like hiccuping. I'm just like, <gasps> <gasps> and, uh, um, 
the guy comes back to he's like i got some bread in the back you want me to bring you the bread i was like yeah please please bring me the bread so i'm just sitting there like just like just like eating off this loaf of bread and like the lady who the lady who was cutting my hair is just like got her hand on her hip it was like like notably like fucking aggravated by the other dudes in the barber shop that like gave me this this hot sauce so this wasn't even your barber no i up until for a long time i didn't really have a consistent one i like trusted everybody in that place so well no i just mean like the guy wasn't actively cutting oh your hair yeah no time. this is this is a different dude yeah this is not this is, i think it was like some lady that was working there that day uh who i haven't seen before or since uh was cutting my hair and and yeah just one of the other dudes who was like a regular i say that because like there are three or four dudes in there that i always see every time i'm there and he came up to me and was like hey you want some hot sauce so but so th- while you were already in the process of getting your haircut yes yeah yeah, yeah. we so were he like, just interrupted your haircut <laughs> yeah this was, we were like 30 or 40 percent in to the haircut. okay yeah. and they're just like hey man you like hot sauce I, you know i do um so yes yeah, it's a fun little story honestly sounds rude to to the like to the, the lady cutting your hair <laughs> yeah it was, it's pretty wild they were all like really mad at him too they're like you he's like you can't give that shit to a customer was, you, they probably can't <laughs> yeah. they knew i was cool man they knew i could they, they it could was a test me, to see yeah, if you were a narc yeah they knew uh, uh i wasn't a cop and yeah they could uh they could give me hot sauce you probably could sue your barber for giving you hot sauce <laughs> <laughs> i don't know they gave me a bunch of bread so you know it was nice. Yeah, I guess that's true. That is wild. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty insane. Uh, pretty insane day. I like, I couldn't wait to get home and tell my roommates about it. I was like, guys, you will not believe what happened at the barber today. <clears throat> I, I think my weirdest barber cut, barber cut <laughs> haircut Bar- story. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, one time I just got a really fucking bad haircut. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever have you ever just gotten like a really bad haircut? Honest to God, like at that place, I did. I get I did get one bad haircut at that place. Um, I was really mad about it too because I was getting my haircut because I had a fucking I had a date in like two mm. nights. It was a first date, and I was like, I really need a, a good haircut. You know, I gotta get a good dope trim. And I walked out of that place looking like fucking Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> like it was awful. <laughs> Like my I, fucking hair was all slicked back. I was like, this is stupid. I had to wear a hat to the date. <laughs> I was in uh, high school. It was a high school. And I went to this place like I'd been going like my entire life. Like uh, just like a local barber shop. And they gave me this haircut where they left like a giant string of hair just like down the middle of my face. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like if if my hair was just completely messed, it would just... A, a long like down to my nose just this long dangling thing of hair and it was uneven and it really looked like some random dude wandered in off the street and pretended to be a barber it was fucking ridiculous <laughs> yeah oh, um man. and one time i went to a, a, a <laughs> another barber because i never went back to that place actually after yeah um after that and then i went to another place and they just had a dog running around the whole fucking time. Yeah, I've had that happen before. 
And the dog was like very scared of people too. So it would like come out and there'd be people around. It would like nervously like tiptoe around. And then a new customer would come in and it would like sp- like scatter on the floor. Uh, it's paused just like a cartoon, you know, running in place before it would shoot out into the back. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's good old barbershops, man. I did end up going back to that place that fucked my hair up. I just never, I've, I haven't had that guy cut my hair since, you know, it's like, that that dude maybe did a poor job that day, but I had had like the best haircut of my life in there, like you know the last time I went. So I was like, I <laughs> yeah, gotta like see, the I gotta game see. changer haircut. Yeah, I was like, I was like, damn man. So I was like, I gotta figure out like which you know who these guys are. Are they the first haircut or are they the second one? You know, consistently and consistently right. they were they were they were good. I still go there. Anyway, you want to talk about Steven or or what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess um this really I is becoming we... more like Dylan and James chat than it is like uh Steven Destroy. Like I feel like we're just catching up, which is fine. Like I'm having fun, but I mean yeah. I got I got really uh, nothing nothing new, you know. Nothing. There's really nothing to say about Driven to Kill. Like this podcast is making it to the place that it's in right now because there's really not much for us to say. We gave you the plot uh, one thing I can tell you about this movie that is pretty goofy that's a little different than some of the other ones is like every so often Steven like kind of does this weird attempt at like a Russian accent. So Steven's accent in this movie is so bad that it it's made it very sense. hard for me to tell if he was uh, being dubbed or not. <laughs> yeah, real shit. Like I, I wrote that um, we were dealing with you know, uh, the anti Steven today, but then I was like, not sure. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was very weird. His voice in this movie. Um, but it is like an atrocious, uh, Russian accent. It's really bad. He is a, <laughs> so yeah, he's an ex Russian mobster. His name in driven to kill is Ruslan. Um, and I'm probably going to butcher his last name. Drachev, Drachev, yeah, I, I think the IMDb page only had Ruslan on it, so that's I was, that yeah. ends up. Yeah, um, a really good bit is when other Russian characters can't pronounce his name and they call him Ruslan. <laughs> yeah. The the really son-in-law does that all the time, and he's supposed he to be he's supposed to be the son of like a big-time Russian mobster, and he can't pronounce the name Ruslan. Yeah, um, that's another thing. Like early in the movie. Uh, where like Steven is, uh, you know, doing his, his fatherly duties and, uh, bullying his, uh, daughter's fiance. Um, and they're just talking, I don't even remember what they're talking about. I guess they're talking about business. And, uh, the guy just says to Steven that, uh, his dad is quote unquote old school Russian and like wants him to become a, a, you know, a, a gangster or whatever, like, like the family. And uh, it's just ridiculous. This guy um, has no nothing about him uh, feels uh, Russian. Like, yeah, no, he has no accent for it. Uh, at this, he just, especially it's in the accent. He just sounds American. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't want to be mean, but yeah. this dude, <laughs> this dude is awful. Yeah, he's really bad. He's so bad, and he is, I guess, like the, like the heart of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like he's the one whose whose fiance was just murdered, and he's a, uh, like a genuine guy. You know, he really is just this dude who didn't choose his dad. 
to be a fucking insane uh, gangster murderer. He uh, just has his fiance murdered, and his father-in-law takes him on a murder spree. And the whole time, he's just unhappy and sad. But he can't communicate any of that. Um, like I said, his daughter, Stephen's daughter, isn't actually dead. And when this son-in-law finds out that his fiance is still alive, he's really just like, <gasps> really, man? Yeah. <laughs> really, dude, you kept this from me. It's uh, awful. So here's one thing I have to say about Driven to Kill. Yeah. Was that it? That was it. No, um, I did... <laughs> I did like the the opening to it. It's um, okay. one of the only movies I think we've ever seen that doesn't have a really... Let me refrain that. Okay. <laughs> I was just remembering the opening. I was like, really? You liked that? No, I did. Relative, of course. <laughs> yeah. But it's one of like the first movies we've seen uh, in a long time that doesn't have a really obnoxious, like headache-inducing montage opening of nonsense and a weird voiceover yeah um and it's one of like the only goofy scenes in the movie like fun goofy Mm -hmm. sorry to take a big sip yeah i had to had to throw back a little brewski had to throw back a little brewski um for the listeners at home i'm having some uh flying dog ipas Um, very good beer kind of high in the abv (laughs) I don't know if the listeners can tell. I don't know if Dylan Jones can tell. You feeling it already? Like a, I, like I, I, a little. I can yeah. tell that I've you know you knocked you back a little, one. A little brewski. Let me but, go, run downstairs, grab some gin. Make it, hell a, yeah. make it a party. <laughs> go shot for shot with me. <laughs> but you're doing shots of gin, and I'm just sipping a beer. Um, yeah. So Stephen's on a date with this woman that we never see again. Of course. And the, okay, so they're on this date in this nice little cafe, and the date says, Metal Spike Roulette. Honestly, baby, that was my favorite part of your book. Like, seriously, you hide a metal spike under a cup and take turns betting until someone hits the cup with the spike? How crazy were you guys? Um... Which I will say, when Steven later plays Metal Spike Roulette, makes it makes sense, kind of. But like the way they explain that is so weird. And what's really weird is that he does, moments later in the scene, actually do it. So he they does. didn't need to have that very poorly worded, <laughs> confusing line explaining what it meant. Yeah. But uh, she's so desperate to watch Steven play Metal Spike Roulette, <laughs> uh, she offers to him a threesome. Yeah, and yeah, uh, she volunteers a, a friend of hers who is not present. <laughs> yeah, to a threesome with Steve. Yeah, she offers she offers up this other woman. Uh, She's like, I promise a... you, she will be down for this if yeah. if you let me and me only watch you play the the spike cup game. Yeah, so the spike cup game is they take like a I don't know, like one of those receipt holders. You know, it's just like uh, the big upward pointing spike. Where they'll jam receipts onto in uh, restaurants on TV. I don't know if they still use those. Yeah. And they put it under a cup, and it's basically like the you know hidden hidden ball game. 
You move the cups all around, and you don't know which one has the big spike in it. And then Steven slams his hand down on one of the cups, and it's like a paper cup. So if the spike was in there, his hand would get stabbed. But it's not, because he's Steven. Right. And that's like it. She's just like, wow. Um, but it, it was really, it was, it was fun goofy. Yeah. Um, she asks him uh, how he did it, and Steven says, uh, the trick was I just don't give a fuck. And that's, uh, I like that a lot. Very Steve. He is um, inaudible at moments in this opening oh, scene. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I had to like crank the volume just to hear him, which is what confused me too, because he's doing such a bad accent that it does sound like he's dubbed, but then he is completely inaudible. So I was like, are they trying to convince us that Steven isn't being dubbed by mixing him very, his dub very quietly. So no one will hear it and be like, Oh, well I can't hear him. So it must be Steven doing the line himself. It's kind of genius. If that's uh, if that is what they're doing. Yeah. It fooled us. No, I think he is being dubbed in this movie some, um, but I'm not really sure when. But I, there were there were a few moments where I was like, "This is not Steven. There's no way this is Steven." Definitely, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Steven writes under a pseudonym. Yeah, but everybody he knows is like, "Oh, you write those books," uh, but he he writes his weird detective fiction or whatever it is well he talks about the uh metal cup metal spike roulette in the book because that was the date's favorite part um and then later when he's being interrogated by this fbi woman who reads in part of his book for some reason the line she reads is about (laughs) metal spike roulette so maybe the book's just about metal spike roulette (laughs) yeah would you read Steven's Metal Spike Roulette book? No, because Steven Seagal has written a book. Has he really? Uh, yeah, he wrote a book um, with somebody else, I think. Yeah, um, like, um, like a ghostwriter or like another yeah. celebrity? No, like a ghostwriter. Um, I know it has a foreword by Sheriff Joe Arpeo, Arpeo, whatever his name is. Yeah. Well, Sheriff Joe, the one he... Uh, <laughs> Arpeo, the one he ran over that dog <laughs> with. Right. Uh, Tom Morrissey. Mm. The book is called uh, The Way of the Shadow Wolves. Um, it would appear. Well, so it's got, it's, a, it's got a four-star rating on Amazon. Well, that's, you're not reading Steven Seagal's book unless you know you're going to like Steven Seagal's book. Yeah. It's called The Way of the Shadow Wolves, The Deep State, and the Hijacking of America. Oh, yikes. This is the story of an Arizona tribal police officer who stumbles onto one of the biggest cases in the history of the Southwest. He is a member of an elite group within the Native American communities known as the Shadow Wolves. What comes with his discovery is the uncovering of massive corruption in places where he once had to- had placed his total trust. Shadow Wolves is a book of fiction based on reality. Both, author- both authors have worked with, confronted, and seen the power of the deep state and the manner in which, at times, federal government agencies willfully violate the Constitution and the laws of the land in service to special interests. <laughs> so... This is a this is a tale of two readers here. Um, we have one customer, which says, "Wow, 
just wow. It's a one-star review. And it <laughs> says, it's like a 13-year-old who is failing English and social studies got to write a book. Chock full of conspiracy theory and bigoted mindsets. And then uh, Jerome Albertson says, five stars, a howl of a good read. Uh, from author Steven Seagal comes this breathtaking tale of intrigue, conspiracy, and the power of the human spirit in the face of staggering odds, etc., uh, etc. Et I don't want to get too far into it. Um, from what I can tell, uh, the book's pretty racist. Uh, uh, one customer says that if you think Obama is a secret Muslim conspiring to bring Muslim terrorists to the country, you will probably like this book. Uh, so just like everything else on this show, hey, don't read Steven Seagal's book. Don't buy Steven Seagal's book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here is one review that yeah. I really like. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, I lost. <laughs> okay, no, it's back. Okay. It's a one-star review. Uh, it's titled Weird. Mm. Skipped around and didn't make sense. <laughs> I like that. So are you looking on <laughs> I hope everyone likes our podcast. I'm telling you, dude, we're just hanging out at this point. I hope everyone likes our podcast. Are yeah, you looking I'm on <laughs> Amazon. Your... You're on Amazon? Are you on Goodreads? No, I'm on Amazon. Okay. Um I should probably pull up Goodreads though. Yeah. I'll do that real quick. But I have like the little recommended books for you. And uh-huh. um uh, hold on, I'm typing <laughs> Hold on, I'm typing in Goodreads. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. We're going to Goodreads tonight. This is our new segment. Uh, good Reading Goodreads reviews. Goodreads. It's a new yeah. segment. It's called Goodreads. <laughs> this Sorry, episode guys. is a, this episode's such a mess that I might actually try to edit some of it for once. We'll see. Why? Yeah, exactly. Why? Um, well, so on Amazon, I'm getting a suggested book, <laughs> and it's called Hillary's Back. <laughs> a gripping crime mystery. <laughs> oh no 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 no. Um, so I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up now. Uh, trying to figure out what this is about. Oh, but I don't think it's about. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I have I have a good review here. If you if okay. you wish if you'd wish to I hear just, it, I it's not a, about Hillary Clinton solving mysteries. Yeah. Um, so while we're at it here, yeah. uh, our friend Eric, who reviewed this in the United States in February of 2018, <clears throat> says, one star, it's deeply troubling when you realize this isn't satirical. That's his headline. He says, after white knuckling it through this xenophobic word salad, it becomes obvious that Steven Seagal knows virtually nothing about politics or current world affairs. The target audience is clearly walking stereotype-level ignorant Americans who Seagal seems to think are even more ignorant than himself. The story, and I use that in the loosest term possible, reads like the masturbatory fever dream journal of a failed Fox News pundit. Every other sentence is a recap of what happened on what was said in the previous sentence. Please show yourself some respect and avoid this crime against the written, the written word. Um... I think that's good. I think that's really nice. I like it. Um, all right. So I have a game for you. Okay. Oh, I love games. All right. I'm going to tell you a chapter title. 
Okay. And you have to tell me if it's the name of a chapter from The Way of the Shadow Wolves by Stephen Seagal. <laughs> uh-huh. Or the name of a chapter from Hillary's Back, A Gripping Crime Mystery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Grandfather's Ghost. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go with Way of the Shadows. Uh, it's the way of the shadow wolves. The so way of the technically, shadow that was incorrect. Okay, well, we're um, giving it to me anyway. <laughs> All right. Deep state jihadist army revealed. Ooh. Uh, I do still think that this is the way of the shadow wolves. You are correct. Okay. This feels. That just feels so specifically, Stephen. <laughs> that 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 group of words. Uh, chapter 10. Okay. Oh, just chapter 10? <laughs> chapter 10. Well, I would assume this is the Hillary book. You're correct. Okay. Hillary's back, a gripping crime mystery. Yeah. All right. I'm ace in this game. A good boy learns to murder. Oh. Uh, is this, is this Steven? Is this the way of the shadow wolves? You're correct. All right. I can't lose. <laughs> U.S. Marshals versus the deep, deep State. Once again, has to be Steven. You're correct. Yeah. Chapter four. <laughs> might, it, might it just be uh, Hillary? You're correct. Wow. Hey. I got one more. Okay, you got one more. <laughs> the Saudi White House Jihadist Plan. <laughs> Steven. You're correct. Wow. Dylan, you have won uh, Way of the Shadow Wolves or Hillary's Back, a gripping crime mystery. Chapter name. Uh, you've won with flying colors. Wow. Is my prize that I get a free copy of the books? You get a free copy of. I will buy you a copy of Hillary's Back, a gripping crime mystery if you want it. I don't, but thank you. I appreciate okay. the offer. Um, so here's the thing. We uh, we do this thing on this podcast where, no matter what happens, we uh feel like we have to let it run uh for what we have now decided is its standard duration of like ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, I'm here to venture out and say with we're fifty minutes into the into the podcast today that that's not actually true. <laughs> that we are allowed to end this a little earlier if we want. Um, so unless you've got some stuff to say about Driven to Kill, I mean, we can start moving towards the exits. I, there's, there's a few things I want to say. Okay. Um, Steven kills the bad guy by stabbing him in the eye with a gun. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. That, that That's pretty good. I, yeah. I gotta give it to Driven to Kill. I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie before. Yeah. He just jams the barrel of his gun into this man's eye. Um, here's one too. Uh, uh, so, um, this movie is a mess in my head because I like barely watched it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the so he has his ex-wife, and the man that the that she has decided to marry now that Stephen has Stephen's out of her life. Uh, the new husband. Uh, as I, I I forget ex- the exact context of this line because I just wrote the line down. Uh, but he does say uh, uh, with regard to Stephen because he's about to like leave the country because he's involved with the 
with the attacks uh, on, on his wife uh, and her daughter, <clears throat> Stephen's daughter. And he says, and I quote, that guy will kill me with the fucking grave shovel and bury me in front of the priest. You don't know what he's capable of. And I, I liked that line. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, there is a part where Steven and his would-be son-in-law go to a strip club. Yes. And I couldn't figure <laughs> out why. <laughs> yeah, because they are so uncomfortable there. Like, both of them look, like, annoyed. Yeah, it's, they have this very, they get a private dance from this woman. <laughs> so Father-son duo. But is there any plot-driven reason for them to go to this strip club? Like, You're asking the wrong guy. Are they trying to investigate something? Okay. I feel they like to- they were, because I, I feel like they kept cutting from outside of that room to something else going on there. there there's a uh, attack there. Yeah. The, the mobsters come after them there. But like, maybe what they're led just them there. to go there? Maybe they're just there because like Steven's just always there when something goes down. He looks really, they both look really uncomfortable. They're just like giving each other these sideways looks. And the whole time this woman's just dancing topless. And then the uh, son-in-law <laughs> is like, does it always feel like this to kill someone? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, the stripper's just dancing. Yeah. And uh, he says that with like a pause before he says to kill someone. So, mm-hmm. like, I thought he was just talking about the dance at first. <laughs> and just, like, looks over at Steven, like, horrified, like, does it always feel like this? <laughs> I was like, buddy. Well, and then, so, right before, uh, because, like I said, the mobsters do come in and attack them. And right before the mobsters come in, Steven, like, stands up to stretch. <laughs> and the son-in-law is <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But it's like Steven, like, stands up and, like, leans back like he is stretching but in a way that juts his pelvis out toward the stripper Ugh. and it is an incredibly bizarre moment yeah yeah that whole scene is a mess um definitely one of the better scenes in the movie yeah in, in terms of like content for us i think that that like literally might be it yeah um I, know, I, I, yeah I did have. <sighs> what were you gonna say? I was just saying. Go ahead. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I've had enough. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Look, um, I had a thought watching this movie that chilled me to my bones. Mm. We always say on the show. We always talk about how much Steven Seagal hates to make these movies. Yeah. What if he doesn't? Oh, can you imagine? Dylan, what if he does it? What if he likes this and thinks he's good at it? That's sincerely a a truly horrifying thing to think about. I saw a picture. I didn't even watch the video. It was like a picture of like some not even Fox News, like (laughs) even less mainstream right wing news channel. Uh where I guess uh, Donald Trump called in and like the Chiron at the bottom said like Donald Trump and then quote, I miss being president, <laughs> which one <laughs> rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but two, it was like, did he really like to be president? It never seemed like it. Yeah. It's, it's very hard for me to imagine he did. <laughs> yeah. And the whole time, you know, I've always assumed he just hated to lose. <laughs> he yeah. hated to lose more than he hated to be president. But it it got me thinking, 
because they are incredibly similar people of similar uh, brain rot. And I, I was like, what if Steven likes making movies? And this, and he, he like enjoys it and thinks what he's doing is good. That's, um, it's just hard to, to grapple with that. Cause like, you know, you, you do have like these little anecdotal moments is a very famous, like Rob Schneider, uh, story where he talks about Steven, like walking into a room that he's in. It might've been in it with SNL or something. I forget the exact context, but he walks into a room and, and Steven says like, I've just read the greatest script I've ever read in my life. And they're like, yeah, Steve, who wrote it? He's like, I did. And that's like a, that's like a very famous, like Steven Seagal mm-hmm. story. And it does make you think, you know, maybe he looks at driven to kill and thinks it's a work of genius. Yeah. He wrote kill switch. Didn't he? Yes, I think we. I yeah, think, yeah, I think we decided on that. Which, well, we we decided that he probably didn't write it all by himself, but nobody else would want to put their name on it. Yeah, but that that makes sense because it definitely, especially compared to to this, which was written by Mark James. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what that even means, but uh, <laughs> I didn't write this movie at all. Let's look at Mark James's IMDb. Yeah, let's give him the old one oh, two. I he's got, is. he's got one credit on IMDb. Sounds like a pseudonym to me. Yeah. Well, Stephen was telling us that in the movie. Oh. You know? Damn. Yeah. Um some depth to you this got, one. You got anything about uh Driven to Kill? You wanna get into some IMDB T? Yeah, let's let's go for it, man. This this episode sucks, so <laughs> let's just go ahead and end it. Yeah, okay. Um, what was our movie from last week? <laughs> Among um, the Living by Anthrax? Yeah, Among the Living by Anthrax. Welcome back to uh, th- Thrax Chat. <laughs> Thrax Chat. Yeah. I. Oh, my God. Here, I, <laughs> let's play a game. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> we try and remember the name of last week's movie. <laughs> oh fuck! But don't against look it the up. dark. Against, against the, the dark. dark. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's against the dark. And it was something like that. Yeah. So our, get, our, you can our usually trivia? get like dark or kill or driven. Wow. So our trivia from last week was the vampires in the film greatly resemble zombies because the original screenplay had them as zombies. Steven Seagal demanded the script be changed to vampires, though, because, quote, Steven hates zombies, Steven hates zombies, Steven hates zombies. Steven was up all night. And this is approved. Yeah, that's on there now. Yeah, it's been approved. At this point, I don't even know what we're doing here. I hate the IMDb trivia. Um, it is my least favorite part of the week. Um uh, it feels wrong. It does. It feels mischievous. It feels wrong. And I, like I've said so many times, I just didn't think we would be able to keep getting away with it. <laughs> and they just, they have not stopped us. Not even once. Well, they have stopped us once or twice, but. Yeah, they, get, they've stopped you, you us several times, but they haven't stopped us enough. No, nowhere near enough. I guess I'm just waiting for my IP address to get banned from IMDb. <laughs> I like thought that would happen. 
I did too. But at this point, I, I do not believe it. And I think that we will be doing this until the end of this show. Absolutely. Um, the one piece of trivia on Driven to Kill is actually interesting. Ooh. And that is that the actress who played Steven's wife in this film is younger than the one who played his daughter. That is really interesting. It is really interesting and very just creepy <laughs> crawly. Yeah, that's weird. It's very weird. Yeah, that's that's just not some shit you expect to hear. No, it really isn't. I, I don't know why they did that to that that's poor bizarre. woman. That's so bizarre. Okay. Hmm. Um, well, it's Steven, baby. It is incredibly Steven. Um, all right. So I guess we got to come up with our own trivia, don't we? Yeah, that's what we do. It would be a shame yeah. if we were to stop doing the <laughs> the segment that we've started doing. Okay. What if, um, what if when Steven eats, he gets really sweaty? Okay. Like, and it, the, the, like, and it like caused a problem somehow. What if like uh, eats. Nice. That was some really good. Just pure I, it sounded silence. like it, it sounded like you were typing it out. Oh, so I was waiting. No. So I said Steven Seagal is a Steven Seagal is a notoriously in quotes sweaty eater. Yeah. <clears throat> and. Um. Well, okay, well, here's my suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven Seagal is a notoriously sweaty eater, and once ate such a large Indian meal, he became too slippery to film his scenes. <laughs> Yikes. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Stephen Stephen is a notoriously sweaty eater, and once ate a, a, such a large Indian meal that he became too slippery to film. I think that's great. Okay, so what if instead? Okay, so Stephen's a notoriously sweaty eater, mm-hmm. and um, what what got him real sweaty? Because it doesn't even say he gets sweaty when he eats spicy food. Yeah, so let's say Stephen's a, a very sweaty, as a notoriously sweaty eater, and after uh, pounding a large ice cream cake on set one day, uh, they had to send everybody home um, because the floors were too slippery uh, to film, and it was like a it was like a hazard for the other actors. <laughs> like they were gonna they were gonna trip and fall on Stephen's. Steven's gluttonous pile of sweat. You can you can you can word it a little better, I'm sure, but Okay. So Steven Seagal is a notoriously sweaty eater, and after pounding a large ice cream cake on set, the floor became too slippery to f- became too slippery and the s- Oh my god. <laughs> I oh my god. Okay. Steven Seagal is a notoriously sweaty eater, and after pounding a large ice cream cake on set, the floor became too slippery, and the set was shut down for four days. <laughs> Read them and weep, baby. Go ahead. Send it. All right. Send it. Drop it. Wobble wee man. Sure, dude. Yeah. Oh. Good day. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's our show, right? Nothing else we do. Um, we we sentence him. Oh. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's so, uh let's go ahead and sentence this man. Let's let's do some sentencing. You want to go first? Should I? I don't even know how to sentence this one, honestly. Yeah, I'm just I'm just life. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just I haven't given one out before, and uh, I hate this movie. I I just it's not even that bad. I, it's it, really I just, not. I, I just hate it. It's not even the movie on, at this point. I just yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just mad at the Steven. I'm mad at Steven. We have several more to go. Um, we have too many more to go. We have too many more to go. I think we're ha- we have less than twenty though. I do believe. Uh, no, we might have exactly twenty left. I'll take that. Twenty left, like that feels like you know doable. That feels doable. Yeah, Once we true. start getting, we get down to like fifteen. Like I know fifteen weeks is like a long time, but you know you start getting down to fifteen, you can, you can kind of start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. No, I I get what you mean. Wow, God, it's gonna feel so good to be in single digits. Oh, yeah. Oh, like and when, you know, like we got machete coming up. Like we, we machete do this. Machete getting very close. Going to probably sob if machete <laughs> doesn't hold up. Like I, like I hope it does. I will probably shed tears. Machete um, will be infinitely better than anything we have seen since April. That is absolutely guaranteed because there are so many people in that movie that I like. <laughs> Yep, you're just gonna see some people that are like, "Oh, I am I like guaranteed. That I am guaranteed gonna see Danny Trejo a lot, and that yep. alone will bring me more dopamine than any of these movies ever have." You remember how much dopamine that that gave for even for Urban Justice, just to see him in there for a few minutes and be Absolutely. like, "Oh, a face, <laughs> an actor." Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited to just yep. look at Danny Trejo. I'm just really because here the thing is is Machete is a movie that outside of this podcast I really want to rewatch and yeah. have had to avoid rewatching because I knew this podcast was coming up and it would throw up throw off just the rhythm. Mm-hmm. So regardless, there's going to be one week coming up where I'm just going to get to sit down and just watch a movie I want to watch. Yeah, and you haven't I, seen you know, Machete, right? Yeah, I, I was just going to say I've never seen Machete, so I'm excited to, to see. It. I think I've seen Machete Kills. Hmm. I think we watched that as a as a as like a group back in high school. But uh, really, yeah, I think we did that once at uh, uh, one of our friends' house. We just is uh, that true? Yeah. Oh well, you know, Keegan's been on the show, so it was at it was at Keegan's house. I think we 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 all watched Machete Kills. I think we watched Machete at Keegan's. I think you did, but I wasn't there. And then I think we all watched Machete Kills, and I was there. I think I've only seen Machete Kills once, and that was at theaters. I really distinctly doesn't it like go to space or something? Oh God, I wish. But that is somewhat relevant. So okay, yeah. okay. Sort of. So there is some shit in outer space. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, we definitely watched some of Machete Kills. Do you want to watch every Robert Rodriguez movie for a Machete episode? No, but uh, oh. I thought you meant as a podcast. Um, oh God. So we could do. Oh my God, that would be. Oh. <laughs> Just thinking about what a better time that would be. I'm about I'm about to cry now. Yeah. Oh, no, like if it, we can do a podcast about like movies we like might actually like at some point, but not right now. <laughs> I would it, kill for a Robert Rodriguez cast. 
because we can't we can't overlap a good cast with a steven cast we have to let the steven cast end before we are free <laughs> yeah i know anyway anyway uh, i give him life what are you giving him i don't know i honestly have no idea nothing feels right we barely talked about this movie um there's way more stuff in this movie to talk about than like certainly among the living or whatever it was called but <laughs> against the dark <laughs> sure Among the living. you've been listening to a lot of anthrax lately buddy dude i haven't i think i heard what's the one that's not caught in a mosh that people know is it something that you can't you're not supposed to say anymore uh i honestly i don't know i i i uh, of the big four bands, I've listened to a, a, a significant amount of Metallica, Megadeth, and Slayer, and almost no Anthrax. I have controversially heard more Anthrax than Slayer, but I think yeah. I've heard the one that is an outdated term for Native Americans pretty mm. recently somewhere. Yeah. But no, I don't know. I Among the Living was like the only Anthrax album I ever had. Yeah, um, it's it's like the one to have as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't like Anthrax very much. Yeah. I don't know uh, why that's what I keep going to. Yeah, I, I I was never that big of an Anthrax fan either. I love all three of the other big four bands, but I, I was never that big of, a, of an Anthrax fan. I was never really able to get into Slayer because, I think, of the harsher vocals. Sure. But I know that um, when I, I've, I know that in my life I've been in your car and heard some Slayer tracks that sounded more like just like crossover. Yeah. And was very interested in that. Yeah. The first two Slayer records are just a little like grimier and a little, little dirtier sounding. And, and cause you know, like you get like the, uh, the Rick Rubin, you know, rain and blood is like Rick Rubin. It's like fucking balls to the wall Slayer. Yeah. I never, I, I tried, but yeah, no, it's It's definitely not for everybody. Like I, I am probably, and I don't say, and I'm not like a big Slayer fan, but I am probably the biggest Slayer fan that I know. And that's not saying a lot because I know I know that there are like huge Slayer fans out there. This is to indicate how few people I know that are really into Slayer. Uh, that I, a guy who is like decently into Slayer, am the biggest Slayer fan that I like know on a personal basis. You know. Um, but you know, there's there's some good Slayer out there for sure. So uh, when. And- Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say when the Big Four played their like couple of shows, who opened? Because I mean, we was all definite... know who it should have been. <laughs> who should have opened? <laughs> yeah, we all know who should have been the opener of the four. Definitely Anthrax. Oh yeah, but and I think it probably was. Yeah, I mean, I think that the order is relatively clear in my view. Is that it should absolutely be Anthrax, Slayer, Megadeth, Metallica. No, yeah, I think that's what it was. I mean, it was absolutely Megadeth and then Metallica, yeah. but and they are you, the two the two best ones. Did you uh, ever watch that video of all of them doing "Am I Evil"? No, actually, it's it's kind of just like Metallica playing "Am I Evil," <laughs> and then a bunch of other like. There's just a lot of guitar players and a lot of random dudes on stage with snare drums. It's, I love that. It's kind of a bummer. I know it's supposed to be like cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. it's kind of just a bummer i think Lar- i think i don't know who else but i think there are two drum sets so somebody else i think gets a full drum set but i might be yeah. wrong it might be only lars ulrich <laughs> uh, like objectively probably maybe i don't think he's a bad drummer 
No, uh, he's not a bad drummer. But of those four bands, they like he was likely the weakest drummer there that night. Easily the least interesting. Yeah, I think he's he's like a Ringo Starr style drummer. So I think yeah. saying he's bad is like stupid. Yeah, but it's, it's a it's a silly take. He's like a minimalist, opinion. you know. Which is yeah, fine. Exactly. and it works. It totally works. I totally. I mean, there's a reason that Metallica is so huge, and, and part of it is because Lars doesn't like mm-hmm. blow it into the extreme level that, like, the extreme metal sound that, like, you know, fucking Slayer does. You know, like Slayer has like all of the makings of like underground extreme metal, but like for whatever reason, they just had the songwriting and the production or whatever to get them up to, you know, mega band kind of status. Uh, you know, it's I, kind of funny how big Slayer is, given how like like controversial and heavy of a band that they are. I just had like a weird sense memory come to me of doing a a project in high school in high school Spanish class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on on Dave Lombardo, their drummer. Yeah, because we had to do it on just like I think it was just <laughs> like any sort of Latino person that we respected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Choosing Dave Lombardo is such a fucking power move for that. Though. I was like, let me pick the drummer for a band I barely know. <laughs> that I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a um, very weird choice. You know, and before we wrap up here, I, I, I speaking of, so they're all playing Am I Evil, and it's like kind of a bummer, right? Yes, um, because not everybody's getting their share. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to do a little. I'm going to do a little bit here um, that's going to make me feel. A little conflicted, a little upset, because I'm about to talk about maybe like my favorite musical artist, like maybe ever, which is Neil Young. And there is this wonderful video, or not wonderful video, I should say, quite the opposite of wonderful video, of Neil Young playing A Day in the Life by the Beatles, which on its own, very cool. It's a cool song to cover. Uh, Neil does it really well. But Paul McCartney comes out on stage with Neil Young. And Neil still sings with him throughout <laughs> Paul's entire part of the song to the point to where, and he like dominates the whole mic stand. Like Paul has to like lean his whole body in to like get to the microphone stand. And I'm like, Neil, I love you. You're my favorite. Let Paul sing his fucking part of the song, dude. Yeah. I mean, like if, so I, I um, kind of something somewhat similar, not nearly on the same level, but that's kind of my point is that I watched a video of uh, Glenn Danzig from the Misfits joining Metallica for mm-hmm. a couple Metallica or for a couple Misfits covers that Metallica like famously does all the time Last Caress and Green Hell. Yeah. And it's just James Hetfield duetting <laughs> with Glenn Danzig. And that's yeah. like whatever, like you're going to see Metallica. <laughs> so like that's fine, honestly. Yeah. And even as somebody who does very much like the Misfits, um what yeah totally fine whatever but if you get fucking paul mccartney on stage <laughs> singing a beatles song yeah like you gotta just let paul sing his you, part i can't fucking imagine any band like any band no matter if they were like my favorite band of all time if they get brought out a fucking like beetle or even just like a relative like uh like I'm a, I'm a punk guy you know i like punk music i don't know if that's come come out on a podcast but if I'm going to see like a bad religion or something and they brought out like Ian Mackay to do a minor threat song and like the singer from Bad Religion is singing the whole time, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, why? Why did we ever, why did we even do this? Yeah, why'd you even do this? Why'd you even bring him on stage? And I'll have to look the video up, but I'm pretty sure Paul didn't even have a guitar. Like, Paul's just up there like, 
singing and dancing while Neil just like oh plays God. his song. It's it's insane. Imagine bringing out Paul McCartney doing a Beatles cover, and you don't even let him sing. You don't give him a mic or a guitar. He's just on stage dancing like the mighty mighty Boston's guy. Yeah, he's just like having a good time, like revving up the crowd. It's like yeah. man. Neil, you, you know, you Neil, Neil didn't even need to bring him out, you know? Yeah. Like, he could have just been like, oh, cool, Paul came to see the show. You know? It's, I don't know, so. Yeah. That's, Music. That's, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's what people tune in to Steve and Destroy for. Yeah. It's for our commentary on Star Wars, uh, <laughs> Alex Jones, um, the Beatles, the Misfits, the Big Four. Yeah. What I, I there is at the very least the slightest um like the the ever so slight but a still existing kind of precedent to talk about um like Metallica. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it is kind of like a big part of our show is is uh is is the Metallica thing. Is like it? yeah. I mean, I guess our name is just a pun that we created ourselves out of thin air that doesn't really exist or work. <laughs> Yeah, this really is like the first time we've talked about Metallica on this show that like has a very clear Metallica like reference to it. Yeah. And even then it was mainly about Slayer and Anthrax. Yeah, mostly about Slayer and Anthrax. Band uh, Anthrax, a band that I don't listen to at all, and Slayer a band you don't listen to at all. Oh, I don't I don't listen to Anthrax. I said I heard that one song, but I I oh, didn't like okay, I don't yeah, listen yeah. to Anthrax. Yeah, my roommate likes Anthrax and like has shown me a couple of Anthrax songs, but I, I couldn't tell you what they were. I, I haven't sought out listening to Anthrax since I was in high school easily. Yeah. There's not too much reason to, in my opinion. It's like if you want like if you want like the, the, the commercial band, you know, listen to Metallica. If you want like the technical band, you can listen to Megadeth. If you want like the kind of you know the the big four's version of like a, a brutal band then you have slayer and then eh, anthrax is just kind of around i i i, I hate to to piss off our anthrax fan listeners. Yeah, i know what a, what a shame that our one listener and our one patreon subscriber just for the show is scotty and <laughs> scott buddy you know you can tell we're coming from a place of ignorance we've openly said neither of us listen to anthrax so prove us wrong man yeah send us a couple of records we'll listen to them if you send them to us yo se- email us your anthrax suggestions uh steven destroy at steven destroy podcast <laughs> at gmail.com or steven seagal podcast at gmail.com also uh steven Segulp at gmail.com and then of course steven seagal podcast at gmail.com <laughs> Any of those emails, send us your anthrax racks. We'll listen. Yep. I swear we'll, we will. I swear to God, if somebody emails our Steven Destroy email and is like, hey, this is my favorite anthrax album, I will listen front to back. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, without doubt. Without a doubt. Um, or alternatively, go to uh, patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety. Sign up for our Patreon. Uh, well, not really ours um the talk yeah, film talk societies. societies and yeah. and infinitely more deserving than us uh yeah you you if you're here right now you heard the rest of what just happened and oh, yeah 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 you you know we don't deserve it but no. they do yeah marcelo uh puts a lot of work into it um you know i never sentenced <laughs> steven for driven to uh, kill oh believe me i know i was making sure uh, we were going to get back to it. No, I just have no idea. I really don't. I, like, need help. 
Well, I gave him life because this movie uh, made me feel like I was serving a life sentence while I was watching it. I don't think a life sentence is... Can I abstain? Can I abstain? It's never happened before in Steven Destroy history, but we do make the rules here. So technically, if you if you feel it's the best move, I, I, I can't really stop you. I I just... The movie is like... I gave Against the Dark six years. <laughs> yeah. I think I gave it like a thousand. You gave it five thousand. Five thousand. Well, it deserved every one of them. It does, but I also, it was like such a non-entity that I didn't feel like, you know, using a drastic sort of, you know, punishment for it. And yeah. Driven to Kill, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I, I, it is infinitely a better movie than Against the Dark as much as it pains me to say something positive about driven to kill infinitely a better movie we really could have probably done a normal episode of this show about it yeah it just wasn't happening it just wasn't in the cards i have no idea what the appropriate sort of response is for driven to kill based on that and based on how i feel about it i don't want to abstain i have changed my mind steven deserves punishment for it let me let me do a little uh I'm going to I'm going to look through our previous sentencing and try and kind of get an idea of what I think is fair. Yeah. So, we both gave Steven 10 years for executive decision. Mhm. Something that in hindsight I feel very good about. I think it was very accurate. Yeah. Um also my sentencing for hard to kill, 10 years. And I think with that information I'm going to go 10 years. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's 10 the, years it is. That's how it works out. This is Stephen Destroy. And sometimes you need a little help to determine the best way to send Stephen. So I had to turn, I had to, turn to, the, to the records. But I'm going to give Stephen 10 years. I think that encapsulates that he deserves punishment for this movie, but that it isn't going to have a lasting impact on me. Uh, the same way a kill switch, which I gave him life for, or yeah. a uh, flight of fury, which I also gave him life for. <laughs> yeah, flight yeah. of fury was fucking egregious. What do you think, um, in hindsight, the worst movie, and I don't even necessarily mean the one you hated the most, but like the actual just worst movie we have seen for this entire podcast is? And then also the one you hated the most. The one that, thinking about birds of fire in you that can never be put out. That's, hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the, I think I have the filmography up in front of me. So I'm going to take a look at it real quick. Uh, and just make sure I've got them all, I've got them all in the, in the dome. That's fair. I mean, certainly I think the one the, that you, you know hate what? the most should be one that you remember. I think if you forgot about it, then it isn't the one that truly burns that fire in you yeah i think that the worst movie we've seen might be the foreigner really it's just because it was such a oh that's <laughs> that's hard to, that's hard to argue with actually yeah that's um, really hard to argue with <laughs> yeah the foreigner is like one of the worst movies i've ever seen i think um, ticker is still on there for me yeah ticker's pretty high up i mean again that's not the one i hated the most ticker the things i would do for a ticker ticker had dennis oh, hopper in it ridiculous ticker ticker I, I turned on and i'm seeing dennis hopper you want to talk about dopamine <laughs> yeah 
I would kill. I would literally execute someone in the street for Dennis Hopper to show up in one of these movies. You remember how weird it was just seeing Dennis Hopper just walking around being Dennis Hopper in that movie? And insanely weird. Um, the one that burns the fire in you though has got to be it's got to be Flight of Fury. Uh, yep. It's it's just a. Uh, yeah, fuck Flight of Fury. Flight of Fury has the uh, just all around, like both on and off screen kind of darkness that really sums up Steven and this entire podcast. So it is really hard to ignore Flight of Fury. Against the Dark is close. I think it definitely belongs up there with one of the worst movies that we've seen. Yeah. Um, a top three for me would probably be Against the Dark, The Foreigner, and Ticker. But yeah. I think that's a pretty good, a pretty good three. Yeah, um, the, I, I think like, Flight of Fury is probably the most, the most unpleasant. Yeah, um, you know, I think we've had. I feel like we had a couple of like okay ones, a couple of like surprisingly like not so terrible ones. Like, uh, like I remember Submerged was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, as was Into the Sun, like we got two like kind of okay weeks back in back to back there with Into the Sun and Submerged. Yeah, for sure. So like we, you know, he's had his little his little moments where like he hasn't made me completely miserable. Um, but these days, man, I mean, every one of these has been fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, next week we're talking The Keeper, also from two thousand nine. And I think we've done really everything we've done on the show. Stephen's current sentence including the life sentence he already deserves, is nine consecutive life sentences, plus 24,584.5 years. He's earned every one of them. He's earned every one of them and will continue to earn them. Uh, do we have a motherfucker count this week? Um, it's pretty unreliable this week, but I don't, I don't think you said it. That's fine. There's a lot in uh, Driven to Kill that is in Russian but not subtitled. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I, so I, I've addressed on this podcast that I have uh, I try and get these movies, either. Um, well, really, what like the ideal here is, is to buy them used, off like eBay or a used like DVD bookstore, whatever, because that's not stealing. <laughs> right that's not stealing and nobody gets any money yeah for it besides a local business yes if i were to go to mckay's a local bookstore and dvd store in uh manassas virginia for i our one listener who doesn't know where manassas virginia is but regardless uh, you know, a very a very famous civil war battle took place that's true. there larry david went there that one time and dragged his daughter yeah, very famous Larry David photo taken in Manassas, Virginia. If you don't know about Manassas, you should brush up on your American history. It's a very important little little town. And when you in, go there, uh, when, when you go on your Civil War battlefield tour, stop <laughs> yeah. by McKay's. Yes. I love McKay's. I haven't actually bought any of these movies from them. I don't think I could because I do yeah. love McKay's and actually know some of the people there. And... Uh, don't think I could look them in the eyes and buy a Steven Seagal movie, but the yep. the principle's the same. Buying them used helps me know that there's no like um, I don't know. It's not going anywhere into somebody's like pocket, like Stevens, and right. then also it's not getting recorded somewhere. Like oh, 
there's a renewed interest in Driven to Kill because somebody rented it off Amazon. Yep. Yeah, we don't we don't need that. So I bought the DVD for Driven to Kill, and watching this movie, people talk in Russian with no subtitles all the time, and I was like, oh, I fucked up. I didn't. Uh, when I sent this copy of the DVD to Dylan, I didn't include the subtitles. But then later in the movie, there are subtitles. Yep. It's just lazy. It's just awful. Yeah, the, so it's very possible he calls people motherfucker, just not in English. <laughs> yeah, we will never know. Well, I mean, I guess we can send it to uh, our Russian-speaking friend, uh, who has been on the show. I can say his name, Keegan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what uh, an episode to have Keegan on! Actually, this would have really yeah, we would have really benefited from Keegan this week. We really would have. Um, I do want to say I know that we are like at the end of our show. Yeah, but we didn't talk about Driven to Kill, so I want to bring it up now. Yeah, yeah. One of the times that they use subtitles is when Stephen goes to his ex-wife's house and sees her for the first time in like who knows how long. The movie doesn't specify, but it makes it clear they haven't actually seen each other in a very long time. And they're in front of her new husband, who already, it's very clear, does not get along with Steven. And uh, is also, it's very clear, is a very bad man, because he's already hit his wife once in the movie. Smacked the shit out of her very, yeah. very early in this movie. Yeah. So Steven, like, walks in and starts talking to her in Russian, and it is subtitled. And what she says is, like, what Steven says is, like, uh, you look really good. I want to go to bed with you right now. <laughs> Ugh. And the wife's like, I would too. <laughs> Continuing a trend in these movies where Steven's divorced, but his ex-wife still loves him and he loves her. And it's just like, why'd you guys get divorced? Yeah. That's just... I hate, I hate... Well, I guess, you know, lust isn't love. That's true, you know? Maybe they, they knew, do you, they knew uh, things wouldn't work out. Do you remember learning about that in like uh, middle school or high school? Did they did they teach you that? We went to the same of both of those, so I have to assume they did. Yeah, I feel like I can vaguely remember them like mentioning that. I feel like in maybe middle school we had like a health class where it was like which was abysmal. What was that? Oh, our health classes were abysmal. Oh yeah. Well, it's already been established that uh, I think it's been established that we went to school in Virginia. So believe yeah. it or not, the uh, health classes weren't super great. Yeah, but I, not very informative. I think we had a whole class that was about like infatuation versus love. Yeah, I actually now that you mentioned that, I I, I feel like I remember filling out workbook assignments <laughs> on infatuation versus love. Did they make you do like a workbook assignment where you had to ask your parents about sex and stuff? <sighs> Maybe I probably didn't do it. I think there was one where it was like you're supposed to ask your parents like, why do you think teenagers have sex? <laughs> Yeah, I do remember them, like, making me sign the I'm never going to have sex paper, uh, or the I'm not going to have sex until I'm married piece of paper, um, which, in retrospect, is, like, insanity. That is insane. Uh, I think I didn't sign that. Yeah, I feel like maybe they gave you the option, but, like, I was, like, kind of a goody two-shoes about, like, you know, whatever, like, assignments they gave me, and I was like, I'll sign it. I think um, I I refused because middle school me was a, like, I don't know. I don't even <laughs> know what was going through my head. But I was like, oh, I'm not going to sign this. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going to start a Steven, Steven Seagal podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, like something that people talk about, like, 
that happens uh, in like their health classes, uh, you know, when they're in middle or high school or whatever is like the whole like they show you how to like put a condom on a banana thing. <laughs> and they didn't they didn't even do that. Oh, absolutely they they had, not. They spent zero time showing us how how that worked or <laughs> like what that was basically like like, you know, birth control of any of any sort no. i don't feel like was really ever spoken about no there there's absolutely not i think we had like you know like tests where it was like true or false spermicide exists <laughs> yeah well you know the the only thing that they mentioned i th- if i can remember correctly about uh like condoms or um things like that uh like birth control pills or anything like that is that like are birth control pills or condoms 100 percent effective yes, yes or no and you, you, of course, had to say no. It's like, what's the most effective way to yes. not get pregnant? Not having sex. Yep. Yeah. God, that is so fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. That is so fucking insane. No wonder every single person we went to high school with is now uh, a, a parent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's a lot of people we went to high school with that are parents. Yeah. God, that is so fucked up. I really don't think about that a lot. I don't know why I don't spend a lot of time ruminating on my high school health classes. But, yeah, that is so fucking wild. You do see that in so many movies, like these bits where they're, like, putting condoms on bananas. And I don't think they ever even, like, yeah, like, had a condom in class. I think that would have been absolutely, like, insane. Like, people would have been screaming and parents would have been, like, sitting... (laughs) setting stuff on fire if they even like had a condom and like a wrapped condom in the classroom yeah not impossible like it's still like when i got to college and like you would go through like the orientation meeting because i ended up moving uh, to boston a much more liberal place than virginia and uh and when i went to school here they like are like opening uh like orientation they like you know they give you these little handouts of like bags and stuff and within the bag was a condom and i still remember like resisting the urge to like snicker because <laughs> 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 like it was still like like oh wow they do that here um <laughs> like it was still like it was such a culture shock like oh wow <laughs> people aren't weird about that like everywhere <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, good old high school health, man. Or, it was middle school, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't even high school. Like, you got to high school, they are just like, we ain't fucking talking to you about that. We told you about that in middle school. Yeah, I think... If I remember correct. I think high school health was, like, you still got the really gross um, slideshows, you know, that were supposed to scare you out of sex. Right, you get the STD uh, yeah. slideshows, yep. But I think that was a lot more, like, just, like, um, learning about, like, periods and stuff and like the more biological mm-hmm. aspects of 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 the human body as opposed to just like abstinence preaching yeah because we definitely got the abstinence preaching um i i think that their like concession was that you didn't technically have to sign the piece of paper but they were like we'd prefer it if you did yeah i'm so i'm pretty sure i didn't but i absolutely can't be sure yeah but i, I well yeah you know you know if you did sign it you know like we're in trouble you know now like we've we've some sort of a contract dylan <laughs> uh, i you know i, I didn't want to break on our steven skull podcast that, that this is a 
James and I have been lovers for years, of course. <laughs> Hell yeah. Look. Fucking Virginia, man. We upset all kinds of people in our high school health class. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, one time I remember um, we had a uh, some like old dude come in to talk to our health class. I, and I think it was about abstinence. I don't really remember, but honestly, why else would they have had a guest speaker? And right. uh, he asked a question. Like a, lo- a local pastor or something. He, he like came in, he asked a question that was basically like, why do you think... And I don't know if this is going to come to a shock, come as a shock to people listening to a podcast from two dudes talking about Steven Skull. But I wasn't exactly raking it in in high school. Yeah, unbelievably. I know, unbelievably. And uh, yeah. so he asked a question that was like, why do you think teenagers get into relationships? And I like leaned over to a friend I had in the class and was just like, blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude heard and he was just like, what What? What did you say? <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, and he was like i heard i heard what you said why don't you say it for the class it's relevant and i was like oh um uh, uh, i was like uh i I said blowjob sir and he was like yes and he like gave me some candy for answering oh my god and he was like i wouldn't have used such crass language but it's true you know you you do it for the physical pleasure (laughs) and i was just like i'm sorry everyone and like in my head i like have not divorced my like mental picture of this with like a a, a, a priest or a pastor coming in so i love the idea of just like like this dude like fucking cloaked out and like like priest gear just being like yes my child that is why the sinful children get into these relationships I, yes i do explicitly remember this motherfucker giving me candy for saying blowjobs in health class <laughs> yeah so. uh, yeah i'm sure you that, that was uh that was that was a good story i'm sure for for weeks afterwards <clears throat> yeah well do you want to wrap this thing up or you want to keep talking about health class no nah, i think we can wrap it up um yeah. i'm about to crack my fourth beer so at this point Hey, you reached my uh, you reached my my quota for you. What does that mean? I think I told you at the top. You said how many beers should I drink before we started recording? Like how many should I drink? I said four. Oh, that is true. Yeah, so you made it. I made it. All right, this is actually still shaping up to be one of our longest episodes. Yeah, no, it's it's abysmal. This is this was just us hanging out <laughs> and like what's kind of talking about our podcast. What does it matter? Honestly, what's it matter? You know, you know, I think we I think we covered actually significantly more interesting topics and tidbits than we ever would have uh, if we were just talking about Driven to Kill. I mean, and uh, I think our listeners will be thankful. To be fair, talking about Driven to Kill, all we would have talked about is the exact same shit that we've talked about for like 30 odd episodes at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think the show's it's about us now. It, it always has been, hasn't it? Really? It's yeah, been about our struggles. Like- I feel like most people know about Steven and, and, you know, maybe, you know, they come in to get a little taste of what happened in the movie, but they want to, you know, they want to see how we reacted, you know? Yeah. It's the show's about us, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it's the Indian food. Dylan. Burp. Who do you think you are? Me? <laughs> Sorry. I told you I'd be stealing your bits today. 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, do we do anything else on the show? I did want to say that next week we're talking the keeper, which is actually a pretty big uh, episode for us. Is it? Burping up the beer, Dylan. Please. Are you? Is that what's happening? Yes. <laughs> oh man, I didn't realize that's actually what it was. Look. Um, okay. Next week, the keeper. We're gonna be getting our first Keone Waxman movie, and I'm probably butchering his name, but I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't realize. Um, yeah, you weren't prepared for this bit that you just started yourself. <laughs> well, I meant like at the beginning of the show. Uh, Dylan knows that whenever we get. <laughs> A, uh, a director with a remotely non classically American name. I have to look up how to pronounce it because this I've uh, was raised in Virginia in the Virginia school system, guys. Yeah, we're about to change this podcast to uh, Raised in Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> that's the name of our podcast. <laughs> Two Southern boys, a couple Southern boys talking about their favorite action hero or their least favorite action hero, I guess. Nah, dude, if we named the show, like, Two Southern Boys and we talked about Steven Seagal every week, we would have to drastically change our Steven Seagal opinions. Yeah. Um, But, so, Keone Waxman is one of the most prolific directors to have ever worked with Steven. Um, As of this recording, they have made nine movies together. And... Jesus. Yes. And he is actually... And... and, (sighs) I don't know how true this is, of course, but um, supposedly this is kind of like Seagal's renaissance. These movies, with this guy specifically, are supposed to be some of Steven's better ones in his later, like, late-day career. Interesting. So we'll, <clears throat> we'll find out. But basically every movie this guy has made since 2009 has had Steven Seagal, except for one, it looks like. Um so it's a it's a big deal meeting keone waxman i, I have to say i'm i'm interested I, i'm uh i i'm interested I'm, I'm hooked for the keeper i am too uh you got anything else that you want to say about driven to kill or steven or uh i really yeah i i really am just thinking about going downstairs and like trying to power through the rest of that indian food okay because <laughs> uh, like it's like it's down, it's down there. It's waiting for me, and I like I feel like I want to eat more of it. So, you didn't basically start off this episode saying that it made you feel bad and you're in pain. So I don't know if I can wholeheartedly endorse that. But as someone who uh, does love to eat shit, that makes him feel very bad. <laughs> well, I should say that like I, I only focused on the negatives. It was delicious. It's it was very good food. Well, give him just... give him a shout out, brother. Here's the thing. I was just handed a phone by my roommate, and it was like, put in your order. We're ordering Indian food. So I actually don't know the name of the place. But I'll come back next week with it. I'll let you know. All right. You'll have to eat double as much next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I, it's too late now. I do have the Wikipedia page for The Keeper Up, and I'm just going to end our podcast on a little tease for next week. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think we've already addressed it. I said all our, po- our our emails. I'm not going through it again. Um, thanks to Marcelo for letting us be on TFS and the TFS network. We have no business doing this. 
We actually don't. Clearly. Like, we yeah, you know, clearly. we, like, literally don't. All the other podcasts <laughs> on this uh, network go in and they're like, well, I mean, we, we got to talk about the movie. <laughs> I cannot imagine any other podcast that TFS shows having an episode where they just don't talk about their movie, like, at all. I I cannot fathom it. Um, but as far as we know, you know, he's still putting them out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so sincere thanks. And of course, patreon.com slash talk film society. You get exclusives from infinitely better podcasts uh, if you sign up. And you get to support a uh, kind of an indie podcast network. And what's cooler than being indie, you know? nothing nothing's cooler than being indie so uh dylan unless you got anything else to say i'm just gonna say uh that on the keepers wikipedia page there is a character credited as asian bear breast (laughs) so (laughs) if you were worried that next week after everything I said about this director, next week might not be that bad. I want you to know that it might be actually a lot worse. Mortifying. Absolutely awful. Um, Jesus. Uh, well, folks, you know what it is. It's the same as it always is. We're, we're thankful that you listened if you did. And if you didn't, we don't blame you. <laughs> Um, and as always, thanks for listening, motherfuckers. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? Starting to get scared. Starting to get scared. Get the fuck out of here. We have a problem. Steven started ad-libbing. I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. Every motherfucker birthday.